Chapter 52 of The Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheraton Lafanu. Chapter 52 A Talk with the Squire. Harry proved how hungry he was by eating a huge dinner. He had the old dining-room to himself and sipped his brandy and water there by a pleasant fire of coal and spluttering wood. With a button or two undone, he gazed drowsily into the fire with his head thrown back and his eyes nearly closed, and the warmth of the fire and the glow of the alcohol flushed his cheeks and his nose and his forehead to a brilliant chrism. Harry had had a hard day's riding. Some agitations, great variety of air, and now, as we have seen, a hearty dinner and many glasses of brandy and water, and a hot fire before him. Naturally, he fell asleep. He dreamed that the old squire was dead and buried. He forgot all about the little boy at Carwell, and fancied that he, Harry Fairfield, draped in the black mantle, with which the demure undertaker hangs the mourners in chief, had returned from the funeral and was seated in the old oak parlor, just in all other respects as he actually was. As he sat there, master of wyvern at last, and listening, he thought, to the rough tick of the old clock in the hall, old Tom Ward seemed to him to bounce in. His mulberry-colored face turned the color of custard, his mouth agape, and his eyes starting out of their sockets. "'Get up, Master Harry,' the old servant seemed to say, in a woundy tremor. "'For may the devil fetch me, if here bain't the old master back again, and he's in the blue room calling for ye.' "'Ye lie,' gasped Harry, waking up in a horror. "'Come ye quick, Master Harry, for when the squire calls, it's ill tarrying,' said now the real voice of Tom Ward. Where? In the blue chamber. Where? Where am I? said Harry, now on his feet and looking at Tom Ward. By jingo, Tom, I believe I was dreaming. You gave me a hell of a fright. And is he there really? Very well. And Harry walked in and found the old squire of Wyvern standing with his back to the fire, tall, gaunt, and flushed, and his eyes looking large, with the glassy sheen of age. "'Well, why didn't you tell me the news, you fool?' said the squire as he entered. "'Damn ye! If it hadn't a been for Tom Ward, I shouldn't a heard nought of the matter. So there's a brat down in Carwell Grange. Ha, <laughs> ha! Marriage is honourable, I've heard tell, but housekeeping's costly. Tis the old tune on the bagpipe. That's the way to beggar's bush. When marriage gets into the saddle, repentance gets up at the crupper.' Why the devil didn't you tell me the news? Why didn't you tell me, you damned weatherhead? So I would have told ye tonight, but I fell asleep after dinner. It's true enough, though, and there's doctors and nurses and caudles and all sorts. Well, for Charlie he's out of the way. Dead mice feels no cold, you know, and she's a badden. Alice Maybell's a badden. The vicar was a thankless loon. And she's took after him. She went her own gate, and much good it did her, 
Sweetheart and Honeybird keeps no house, and the devil's bread is half bran. She'll learn a lesson now. I was too good to that, Huzzy. Put another man's child in your bosom, they say, and he'll creep out at your sleeves. She's never a friend now. She's lost Charlie, and she's lost me. Well, might the cat wink when both her eyes were out. She'd like well enough to be back here again in Wyvern, damn her. She knows who was her best friend by this time, right well pleased with herself. I'll be bound the day she geed us the slip and ran off with the fool Charlie down in the mouth. I warrant her now, the jade. I dare say the parson's down at the Grange every day to pray we my lady and talk a resignation. When all their rogueries breaks down, they take to canton and psalm singing, and turns up their eyes, the limers, and cries the Lord's will be done. Welcome death, quoth the rat, when the trap fell. Much thanks to em for taking what they can't help. Well, she's a bad un, a black-hearted, treacherous lass she proved. And Charlie was a soft fellow and a mad fellow, and so his day's over and I was just a daft old fool, and treated according. But time and thought tames all, and we shall all lie alike in our graves. And what's the boy like? the old man resumed. Is he like Charlie? He was asleep, and the room dark, so there was no good trying to see him, said Harry, inventing an excuse. Not a bit dark or light, not a bit. He's Allie's son and good won't grow from that stock, never. As the old bird crows, so crows the young, and that foreign madam I hear swears she was married first to poor Charlie. And what's that to me? Not that spoonful of punch. She's up in limbo, and if her story be true, why then that boy of Allie's ain't in the runnin', and his mother, bless her heart, needn't trouble her head about Wyvern nor be wishing the old squire that was good to her under the sod to make way for her son, and then there's you to step in and claim my shoes and my chair and cellar key, and then madam, what's her name, Van Trump, or something, will out we a bantling, I take it, and you'll all fight it out up and down, kick, throttle, and bite, in the court of chancery, or where you can, and what is it to me who wins or who loses? Not that bit of lemon peel. And if you think I'm going to spend a handful of money in law to clear up a matter that don't concern me, no more than the cat's whisker, you're a long way out in your reckoning. Be my soul, ye are, for I'll not back none of ye, and I won't sport a shillin', and I don't care a damn. Ye'll fight the battle over my grave, and ye'll take Wyvern who can, and twill cost ye all round a pretty penny. Ye'll be sellin' your shirts and your smocks, and you're pretty well in for it, and ye can't draw back. Well lathered is half shaved, and it won't break my heart, I promise you. And the old man chuckled and hooted and wagged his head fiercely as he declaimed in his own way upon the row that was coming. Don't ye spare one another for my sake. Take Wyvern who can. 
I'll keep my hands in my pockets, I promise ye. What have I to do, we other folks' windmills? So the old squire stormed on more serenely than he had done for a long time. Make another tankard of that thing, Tom. Make a big one, and brew it well, and fetch a rummer for yourself, lad. Beggars breed for rich men to feed, resumed the squire. A son at the Grange of Carwell, no less. Well, I a taken enough and too much on my shoulders in my day, and tis often the least boy carries the biggest fiddle. She's a sly lass, Alice. She'll find fools enough to help her. I a done we her. She's a badden. Look at that harpsichord thing there she used to play on. He pointed to the piano. I got that down from Lunan for her to jingle tunes at as long as she liked. And Ida had it smashed up and pitched in the river, only twould make her think I cared enough about her to take that trouble about her lumber. She turned her back on me when she liked, and I'll not turn my face on her when she lists. A graceless huzzy she was and is, and grace lasts but beauty blasts. And so let it be for me. That's enough. I take it there's no more to tell. So take ye a candle if you're sleepy, man. No use dawdling sluggard's guise. Loath to bed and loath to rise. And so, with a gruff nod, he dismissed him. And in came Tom Ward with the punch before very long. That's good, Tom. That'll warm your ribs. How long uh, you been here? Wyvern always, but a long time in the house. Tom, a long time, we the family. Tis sixty years ago, Tom. I remember you in our livery. Isabel and Blue, them's the old colors. They don't know the name now. Salmon, they calls it. We have seen Christmas pretty often in the old house. We'll not see many more, I'm thinking. The tale's nigh done. "'Twasn't bad times we ye hear, Tom. We can't complain. We a had our share. And after cheese comes nothing, as the old folks used to say. Take the rummer and sit ye down by the door, Tom. There's Master Harry. I'd rather hay a glass we ye, Tom, than a dozen we him. A damned pippin-squeezin' rascal.' Tom, ain't he a sneak? No Fairfield, Tom. Ain't he? Ain't he? Damn ye. I won't say that all out, sir. He's a tall, handsome lad, and Master Harry can sit down and drink his share like a man. Like a beast, you mean. He never tells ye a pleasant story, nor laughs like a man. And what liquor he swallows, it goes into a bad skin, Tom. He's not hot and hearty in his cups like a Fairfield. He has no good nature, Tom. He's so close-fisted and cunning. I hate them fellows that can't buy at the market and sell at the fair. And drink when he's drinkin', damn him. He's always a-watchin' to do ye. Just like his mother, a screw she was. And her son's like her, crooked to sell and crooked to buy. I hate him sober, Tom. And I hate him drunk. Bring your glass here, old lad. 
A choice mugful you've brewed tonight. Hold it straight, you fool. What was I saying? The old things is out of date, Tom. The world's changin' and taint in nature, Tom, to teach old dogs tricks. I do suppose there's fun goin', though. I don't see it, and the old folks beginnin' to be in the way, as they were always, and things won't change for us. We were brave lads, we Fairfields, but there's no one to come now. There won't be no one after me in Wyvern House. To the wrestlin' on Wyvern Fair Green when I was a boy, I mind the time when lords and ladies had come ridin' down for twenty miles round, and all the old stock of the country, some on horseback and some in coaches and silks and satins, to see the belt played for and single-stick and quarter-staves. They were manly times, Tom, and a fair field ever first in the field. And what year is this? Aye, I was twenty the week before that day. Tis sixty-four years ago, when I threw Dick Dutton over my shoulder and broke his collarbone, and Dutton was counted the best man they ever brought down here. And Meg Weeks, you'll mind Meg Weeks, we the hazel eyes was looking on, and the wrestling's gone, and not a man left in the country round that could tell a quarter staff from a flail. And when I'm gone to my place in the churchyard, there's not a Fairfield in Wyvern no longer, for I don't count Harry one. He's not a Fairfield, by no chance, and never was. Charlie had it in him, handsome Charlie. I seen many a turn in him like me, I did. And that Captain Jollops died only t'other day that he shot in the arm at Tewkesbury, only twenty years ago for saying a wry word o' me. Old Morton read it yesterday. He says in the Lunin paper. But it's all over, we Charlie. And stand up, Tom, and fill your glass, and we'll drink to him. Old Tom Ward was the first to speak after. Hot blood and proud, sir, and a bit wild when he was young. More than that, there's nought to be said by any. A brave lad, sir, and the good-naturedest I ever see. He shouldn't be buried where he is, alone. I don't like that, nohow. He wouldn't have done so by you, squire. He liked ye well. He liked everyone that was ever kind to him. I mind how he cried after poor Master Willie. They too was very like and loving. Master Willie was tall like him and handsome. Don't ye be talkin' o' them at all, you fool, broke in the squire violently. Stop that and hold your tongue, Tom. Damn you, do you think I'm foolish? Light my candle and get ye to bed. The tankard's out. Get ye to bed, ye damned old fool. And he shook the old servant hard by the hand as he spoke. End of chapter 52 Recording by John Brandon